today on BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Amelia Osborne. She is a high school teacher here in the St. Louis area, and we are excited to talk with her about her experiences with the online teaching and all that's going on in the world right now. Welcome, Amelia. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thank you for coming. Cool. Well, we're excited you're here. And we just kind of wanted to talk with you about what's going on in your life these days, um, teaching students online, like 100% online, and kind of what the typical day looks like, and just some messages that you'd like to share with our listeners. So our school, we have different schedules. We have an A day where the kids see every single teacher, and then we have uh, block days, B day, C day. And right now we're supposed to be operating on an A day schedule. So if you are having Zoom meetings, you meet That way, no teacher overlaps with another teacher and every kid can make it. But the expectation is you record every video, um, every session, every lesson, because we know that some kids, their parents are essential workers and they have younger siblings and they're taking care of them. Some of the kids are still working, using the time to pick up more hours. Um, Some of the kids are frantically trying to get ready for new AP tests and because they cut the curriculum and they're pushing them forward, the dates when they're taking them. So we're trying to do things asynchronously as possible. Uh, But I personally am trying to keep a regular schedule and see all my classes every day because I want the kids to have some routine. All of our lives are kind of falling out from beneath us. So as much Mm -hmm. as we give the kids a schedule, I'm trying to keep to it. So I wake up and I walk my dog and I do a yoga class, and then I have first hour, and then I do a spin class, and then I have my office hours, and then I teach, and I get a whole hour for lunch, which we normally don't get. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And then um, I just teach the rest of the day, and I have office hours until four, and then I walk my dog again. (laughs) And the best part of this whole thing is that you can go to the bathroom anytime you want to. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I go to the bathroom at work whenever I want anyway. I trust my kids. I know most teachers don't. I've only, there's been a couple of times I've gotten like halfway down the hallway and I heard a like yell and I ran back. Right. <laughs> I'm very special that I, my kids are great enough that I get to go to the bathroom. Good, good. good. The remote teaching is about engaging the students and, you know, they can engage with you, but it's got to be hard for them too, because some of their living situations are not ideal. And so putting all of this new at home school learning into their environment must be difficult for some. Yeah, I think that a lot of the kids are having a lot of anxiety just about life in general right now. And going to school is a break from the stresses of their home life. And they get to experience this completely separate thing and now all of a sudden those two worlds are combining and they really don't even get to leave their house mm-hmm. but they're 14 or 15 and they can't drive or they don't have a car I imagine that's a lot harder for them well and Emily you and I were talking about kind of the relationships the parents and and the the children slash the students and how that how that interactiveness can be very different than it would be on a regular school year basis you know like the before school after school versus all day. And something that you mentioned was kind of the need for a schedule. Do you want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So I think that the 
kids, teenagers, we forget that they're essentially toddlers in an adult body. Their frontal lobes are like mush. They, they don't have the decision-making ability that we often credit them with. And they are, they are capable, um, but a lot of them are still maturing and still finding themselves in a lot of ways that a schedule really suits them. And we, we talk a lot about kids with special needs needing a schedule and needing some sort of like strict thing to follow to help them. But I think that every student benefits from having structure and that in a lot of ways has been taken away from them right now, especially with this, in some ways, this push of letting the kids do as much as they can on their own in their own time is great for that intrinsically motivated student. But for our kids that school is fun for them or they enjoy school because this is the time that they get to have interactions with people like their teachers telling them they're doing a good job or their teacher checking in with them. Maybe mom and dad can't check in with them during the day because of their work or maybe they don't have that relationship with their parents. But this is when they get a lot of closeness. Like I have during our flex time in the day where kids can do whatever they want. I have a lot of kids that just come into my room just to be with each other or just to be with me or they just come in and like down next to my desk, even with my sign that says like, students don't cross this line. This is my personal <laughs> thing. Like they pull a chair right up to that line to talk to me about what's going on in their life. And they're not, kids aren't getting that right now. So I think it puts a lot of strain. If I was from a teacher point of view, I miss that. I miss getting to have private conversations with my kids because in a Zoom meeting, I want to check in, but I can't because there's 15 other people there. An email only goes so far. You can't tell tone over an email. It's not back and forth. And I think parents are being asked to do a lot of stuff that they've probably never had to do before. You guys don't necessarily have the same relationship with your children that I do and they might tell me stuff that I turn around and tell the counselor or tell the counselor hey you should check in with this kid or call home and say the student had a really hard day just giving you a heads up and now all of a sudden you guys are expected to as parents to have this bond that's similar to what I have but we have a completely different relationship so it it seems like a lot yeah yeah. 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 And it's a lot, uh, you know, I taught, uh, up until two years ago, I taught kindergarten through eighth grade music oh. and yeah. And, you know, so I understand that, that relationship and the kids coming into your classroom and saying, Hey, can I sit down and talk to you for a minute? Sure. What's going on? Just that little interaction means so much to the kids because it's someone who's not in their world. It's someone who is like, who's in their world, of course, but who's an outsider and that they can talk to. And when they don't have that outlet, more anxiety can build up and depression. And that's what I really worry about with these kids, you know, uh, that some of them might snap in this environment. You know? Well, I think the ones that will snap will surprise you because our introverts, our kids that were trained, um, were told over and over again, watch for kids that have big changes in their personality, look for kids that are, you know, they go from, even if they're an introvert and suddenly they're really withdrawn, like some, mm -hmm. being an introvert doesn't mean you're depressed. It just means no. you're not. 
all of a sudden we're flipped and we're looking at these kids that have aggressive attention seeking behaviors that aren't, they, they're getting no attention. Maybe the way that they get attention is they're a star athlete. They don't have a lot of friends outside of a sport and they're a star spring athlete. They're on yeah. Lancer's page. They're acknowledged by principals. They're put on our Twitter. They, um, they're in a school. Every, our, our school is so great about the athletic director sends out an email with all, with the kids that scored in games and kids that hit home runs. And um, it's a great way for teachers to be like, hey, I saw that you guys kicked butt last night. And that kid gets all this affirmation. They're not getting any of that right now. Yeah. And it's a kid who maybe they're in every single club, maybe they're in all these extracurriculars, they keep themselves so busy and all of that has fallen away. And those, maybe they're just an extrovert. Maybe they're using it to cope with something else. Those are the kids that I'm worried about mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. our introverted kids are truly introverted, not our depressed kids, but our truly introverted kids. They're fine at home. They're oh, yeah. Oh, this is probably like their dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> and for some kids, maybe your anxiety, maybe you're really anxious in social situations, but you're not necessarily anxious about school. So this works well for you because you get to be a good student. You get to be a strong student without the worry of getting called on in class, without the worry of where do I sit at lunch? Who do I talk to? Mm-hmm. All of that's taken away for, for you. you. You get to just be your best self, but these, in, these introverted kids without depression that we often kind of gloss over because we're mm-hmm. so worried about the depressed kids, about the anxious kids, about the kids that are on suicide prevention plans, they're going to be okay. Those kids that are extroverted hiding depression and anxiety by being so extroverted those are the ones as teachers we're really looking out for right now so in like a zoom classroom meeting you would really be kind of watching the faces and seeing how if they're participating in discussions that kind of thing are you seeing a difference in level of participation between students when they're in a bricks and mortar classroom versus zoom online oh oh yes i (laughs) an activity where Um, I unmute all the participants. You can actively choose to be muted or unmuted. If I click as the manager, as the meeting host, I click unmute all. You can decline that. And I have kids who are declining to be unmuted. They don't want to participate. They're there because they know I'll send an email to their parents that says they didn't attend their Latin class, but they're, they're just there to not get in trouble with their parent and to get the answers. They don't want to participate. Whereas that student in class, I might rely on them because they're a, a source of knowledge for their peers. Yeah. And can turn and say, Dunay, like, what do you think the answer is? And even if they're wrong, I can use that to say, okay, well, let's think about how someone got to this answer and use it as a learning opportunity. And that's mm-hmm. taking that resource away from me as a teacher by muting themselves, but they're also taking it away from their peers. But for the most part, the kids who are there, who come to the optional meetings are there because they want to be there. Mm -hmm. So following up on that, you mentioned the word optional. So these optional meetings, are there's like during your office hours or there are certain times during the day or maybe during the flex time or something that they have this option, but are there any demands like do they 
have to be in class? Is there a role taken, that kind of thing? Or is it their choice? It's completely their choice. We have been told we can't take attendance, um, which I understand because like we said before, you know, your home situation might make it that you're watching your little sister or maybe you're still working and you we, we can't expect the kids to be there, um, which is why we're posting so much of recorded lessons. I know some AP teachers are really requiring it, but it's, it's all optional, which boils down to the kids who are intrinsically and extrinsically motivated to be in school and what are parents doing to support the kids learning. From my point of view, it seems like a lot of times parents make sure their kid gets to school. And then if I email them or reach out to them, I get a lot of support. But there usually needs to be that first, I reach out and say, this is an issue I'm having. Can you help me? And then it's immediate. The community that I'm in for school has amazing parents. But it's now the parents kind of have to be a little bit more on top of it than they were before. And they're also having to like work from home, which I'm sure not everybody wants to do every day. And now you're on top of your kid all the time, which usually you, you go to work and you do your thing and your kids at school and they're doing their thing and all. It's just the world's colliding is, seems to be the hardest transition right now. All the teachers are here because we love our subjects, certainly, but more than that, we love the kids. Everybody who's a teacher enjoys the benefits of being with their kids. I call it bucket filling. Like every day, everyone starts with um, an amount of love they can give, and maybe that's like a barrel-sized bucket. Maybe that's a teaspoon, but everybody's got a different size bucket, and then everybody has a bucket that's empty every day that, once again, could be different sizes that you need to fill with love from other people, to feel good about yourself. And some people don't need a lot, but teachers have the, just the same way that we were talking about the students needing to have that reassurance from their teachers and those interactions with teachers. The teachers need that from the kids too. So even those kids that are in rural situations that don't have Wi-Fi, their teachers are doing everything they can to feel connected to kids because that's the benefit of being a teacher is how loved and special your kids can make you feel. My heart goes out for those kids that are in the situations without Wi-Fi and they have to do these packets and be so intrinsically motivated or their parents have to be helping. And I'm sure that's so hard, but you have to trust that their teachers are doing everything they possibly can because there's no other reason that you would be a teacher besides wanting to help children. Right. I want you to be my teacher. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> oh, she's awesome too. Yes. No, and, and I think I, I think I should go back and maybe say that um, you know, yeah, absolutely those teachers are doing everything. I'm just, you know, from the student point of view, I just I hope that they they realize that their teachers are are work hard to put those packets together. And they're working hard every day for them to learn so that they don't miss part of their year, you know, by being home. So I don't know. That's, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. For and everybody. the new order that just went out that from superintendents that we're not going, the buildings are going to stay closed for the 2020 semester, spring semester. I'm sure that just for a lot of kids, that was heartbreaking for them. Well, I was going to think about the, the juniors and the seniors and 
you know, senior year, junior, senior prom, those kind of events going on. Um, just thinking at the high school, like the, the different, you know, athletic events and all that kind of thing that would be going on right now. And they're having to get a different mindset. I mean, kind of transform that in their heads and turn it on its side to say, okay, how, like you were saying before, Amelia, how are we going to channel, you know, our feelings, our emotions, our skills, our abilities, everything that we are going to be doing at the end of the spring semester. And then even in preparation, you were mentioning the other day, Amelia, about people preparing for college and, you know, building resumes and that kind of thing. What, what kind of message would you like to give along that line? I think universities, colleges, people that are scouting you for sport, all of them are in the same situation and they will look at your application, they will look at your resume, they will look at your sports reel with a kind and understanding heart. Nobody is, nobody is immune to this current situation and everyone's feeling it in their own way. And the world will take care of you some way. When it comes to the, the prom and all those things that they're missing, I'm sorry, guys, that you're going to miss prom. It's, it stings. I had so much fun at prom. I had a great time. And I'm really sorry that they're not going to get to experience that. But I, I, I really think that schools are going to do everything they can to find new ways to help the kids have those experiences. And the, you know, at least when you, if, if you're a senior this year and you're missing prom, at least everybody missed prom. You guys are all going to go your freshman year and be in your dorms and you can all have that shared experience. The world is going to look out for each other. If there's one benefit, one silver lining to this current situation, it's that people are being kinder to each other. People are so excited. Even just going to the this morning when the that technician came out to my car to pick up my dog, I was like, oh, hello, human. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's so nice to see somebody and talk to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the world will take that into consideration, so stay strong to those kids that are feeling it and know something is, you're not going to be penalized for this situation. Amelia, there was a question you and I talked about the other day because you've mentioned this book that you're currently reading by Malcolm Gladwell entitled Blink. Blink. Yes. And how it kind of deals with, would you say, social conditioning and perceptions and perspectives and how this is kind of what we're talking about. What kind of insights have you gleaned from Malcolm's work so far? I just finished the book last night. If you've never read it, it's 100% worth reading. I, I want to get into talking with strangers next. His ne- um, his most yeah. mm-hmm. um, But he actually wrote the version that I got. He has come back and done an additional chapter about like reflecting on the book and what it meant to people. Mm-hmm. And this... Uh, one of the things he writes about is he didn't mean for the book to have a social agenda. He just meant to share this finding about um, believing in your gut in some situations and uh, trusting your own experiences to kind of lead you and times where that doesn't necessarily work. So our social, like our perceptions of people might be skewed based on where we grew up or things that we listen to in our community be said. You know, if you're somebody who makes um, racial jokes or laughs at racial jokes or says racial slurs, you're going to end up being more okay with those kind of things being said. Changes your perception of things. So like maybe we need to skew away from that. But this, it was very interesting to read him looking back on his work saying, well, there is a social agenda. I meant 
for people to start questioning our perceptions, our built-in perceptions, these things that are not great in our society. And one of the things he talked about was a police shooting uh, many years ago where a man was reaching for his wallet, but when he pulled his wallet out of his pocket, a police officer just saw a black bulge coming out and thought it was a gun. And he was, and the interaction took, in his book, he said about six seconds for this man to die um, because he was reaching for a wallet and that the police officers technically, the life or death situation, they went, something took over them. And it was just a very interesting I've never thought about a wallet being mistaken for a gun or being in a situation where that might happen to me. Right. Just reading Malcolm Gladwell really changed the way that I want to approach life at when I get to interact with other people again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his works, his works can do that. Um, in a positive way of like letting your, in, your natural instincts as an expert in your field guide you. I think about with students of my instincts that I've had of times where maybe the kid doesn't seem off to someone who doesn't know them, but to someone who had, cause I have the same kids every year. I'm lucky enough that if you're in Latin three, I had you Latin one, Latin two, Latin three, which means I saw you every single day for two full school years. And now semester and a half. And it was so hard to know that the student was going through something so traumatizing, but that my gut instinct might've helped this child. It makes it worth it. It's, a, it's, it's heavy to have to know that your student is suicidal or is dealing with some you know, body issues or something terrible that you wish you could make that better for them. But to know that my instinct led me to help a child, that's kind of what Malcolm Gladwell is talking about of your experiences. They can be beneficial. They don't have to be negative. Trusting your gut, the, that immediate instinct to reach out to a counselor is not necessarily wrong. Oh, that's good. And thank you. Thank you, Amelia, for, you know, using that gut instinct and, and helping these students. That's totally, totally invaluable. Very, very amazing. Thank you for listening to me ramble. I appreciate it. No, it's great. It's great. And thank you so much for teaching out there and teaching our kids. There's, I mean, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now between my dog, my stationary bike at home and my <laughs> meetings with my kids. I mean, my life, my quarantine life is not horrible. My bucket is still being filled by good. this. That's, that's good. That's good. And they, they make fun of me about that bucket comment. They'll like leave it. <laughs> Put on my desk, and they'll write something that's like, "I hope this fills your bucket." And I know that, <laughs> but it does. It does. I love it. I have a whiteboard or a little bulletin board that's filled with notes that kids have written me and coworkers have written me. And right, I'm glad I kept them because right now, on days where maybe no one came to an optional Zoom meeting, I can open up that folder because when I cleaned out my classroom, I took all that stuff with me. And to read a note that a kid wrote you, just not because it was a holiday, not because it was the end of the year, just because they left a note on your desk to say, thanks for anything. Thanks. And it's even better when it comes with candy, but like, you know, sometimes <laughs> just thing that they have to say that affirms that they appreciate what I'm doing because I appreciate them being there and I'm still getting my bucket filled and that's what matters. 
great. That's so cool. That's well, you so definitely great. helped fill our bucket today, Amelia. Definitely. Yes. This has been great. Thank you so much. No problem.